Hello Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters, listeners and friends, you are most welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers here at irishtalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com and we love to hear from you. You can leave a message on Facebook on the Talk Show for Talkers or you can send an email to info at irishtalkers.com and you can also listen to our archive for the last eight or so years on our website irishtalkers.com. My name is Moira O'Brien and I'm joined as usual by the prolific and persistent Paul Imani. Hello Paul. Hello Moira and thank you listeners for tuning in. And the fabulous, fantastic and fateful Mr Finnegan, James of the same. Moira, what a lovely introduction. I feel absolutely fabulous. I managed to get some new words in there, I'm quite pleased with that. Okay, what have we got for you in store this week? Well, it's uh, going to be a good week as always. We're coming up to conference season. It's only what, well, by the time this goes out, it will be, I think, uh, in a week, about a week's time. So we're, we're very close to it. So we'll be looking a little bit at what the conference can do. But we're going to start off with Paul, who's looking at why people join Toastmasters? Over to you, Paul. I lifted the title, Why Do People Join Toastmasters? from the latest issue of Toastmaster magazine. And before I get into why people join Toastmasters, Mm. let me just do a plug for this particular issue. The April issue, I believe it is. No, it isn't. It's the the May issue, the May issue. And the reason I think it's so important is that it's all about diversity cultural diversity and everything to do with that, if you like, or at least a lot of things to do with diversity. And I'll give you an example of some of the titles of the articles in it. Learning to love my autistic identity. Then the sub section is Toastmasters turned out to be the perfect place to do that. Another one is the habits of inclusive communicators. Empathy and self-awareness top the list. Bilingual clubs cross borders. Celebrating diversity in the Middle East. There we are. There are just some examples. Now, in this issue, there is a short piece by the international president, Matt Kinsey, and it's entitled, Why Do People Join Toastmasters? And when I read it, I said to myself, this is actually the best piece that Matt Kinsey has ever written. And I don't, can't remember a better piece as the lead piece by any international president before. And I've often admired them. So here is the, how Matt Kinsey begins. He says, there are two important questions to think about if you're addressing the question about why do people join to? And he says, these are the questions that are on people's minds. So imagine yourself, think way, way back when you joined Toastmasters. And one of the first question Matt mentions is, can Toastmasters help me with the skills I want to develop? Well, the skills you want to develop can be anything from doing a presentation without having my legs go to jelly. It can be able to speak for two or three minutes without going, uh, ah, mm, uh, ah, uh, and doing all those sounds. But it could also be learning to speak which has a good beginning, a middle and an end. But Matt 
doesn't focus on that one. What he focuses on is the second question. Here's what it would be for a newcomer into your club. Do I fit in with this group of people who meet in this particular time, at this particular time and place? Do I feel like I'm a part or could be a part of this group? I think Matt is correct. I think when people come to a Toastmasters club for any reason at all, if they're invited by a friend or they just drop in because they went to the Toastmasters International website, they do say to themselves, they don't necessarily reveal it in public. Do I fit in? Can I meet at this time and place? And could I be part of this particular group? And Matt goes on to say, to increase the detail of this question by saying that people ask themselves, do I feel that Toastmasters can help me develop my communications and our leadership skills? Does the club meet at a time and location that work for me? Do I like the format, whether online, in-person or hybrid? And then the crunch ones, he says, do I fit in? Do I feel like I'm part of the group? Now, when I was thinking about this while I was reading Matt's words, in a very, quite a very short piece, I said to myself, well, perhaps this is what people who are already members can, can ask. How do we improve our club meetings so that they demonstrate better that we can help members develop skills? So how can we make it even more obvious that this is a place where you can develop your skills? Is there some way we can make it more obvious? And then the second one is, how can we make guests feel more welcome than they feel now? That's a question any club, even if it thinks it's super duper on the welcoming side, can indeed ask itself. So those two things came out of Matt Kinsey's article. Very simple, very straightforward. And maybe your club has been talking about it last week. But, and you're all, everybody listening to this, is a member of a Toastmasters club. So how can your club show to newcomers better than it shows at present that this is a place where you can develop your skills, where other people have developed their skills? And secondly, how can your club be even more welcoming? I mean, for example, there are clubs that have a wonderful bar upstairs after the meeting. This is particularly attractive. I've been to such clubs in the past, and it is attractive. However, how this is about how can the club be more welcoming? Because by the time anybody says, let's go to the bar afterwards, a person may have decided, well, I'm not going to join, but I might as well come to the bar. Maybe this club offers a free drink. Who knows? So there we are. Why do people join Toastmasters? I strongly recommend the May issue of Toastmasters magazine. Thank you for that, Paul. I do dip in and out of the magazine on a fairly regular basis. And I did go to the magazine to read Matt Kinsey's article, but I didn't actually, I got distracted as I always do. It's the trouble with old age, you know, you get distracted so easily. That's why I love Toastmasters because Toastmasters is so regular. It forces me to come back and pay attention. Though sometimes I do go to sleep in meetings. Do you, Paul? Um, no, you're a youngster. Only, you're only, you're only a... once in only once in eight years. 
<laughs> no, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> but you oh. never know. I mean, these things do happen. You know, when we get an influx of uh, loads of people coming into the meeting and it's a very large meeting and you think, well, I'm not going to uh, be able to get a word in edgeways Sierra, am I, Paul? Paul, we have a word of the week, I believe, Paul. Oh, I was waiting to see if James... <laughs> I already said it. Come on. James listen. Wants you, to you, contribute. You just proved, oh, you proved my point. You fell asleep. <laughs> well, I've certainly been caught with my trousers down there. So let's talk about the word of the week this week. It is indeed influx, influx. And it's a word that I picked up from Ted Cochran's book, A Comprehensive History of Toastmasters in Great Britain and Ireland, in which some in one paragraph, it says that there was an influx of new members. So influx, I-N-F-L-U-X. And that's what everybody is hoping for, an influx. So it means the arrival at the same time of a goodly number of things. It doesn't have to be members of a club, but it can be a, a massive influx of tourists into your country. It could be, I, I guess you could even say there was an influx of bad language, but it really means that a whole lot of things poured in at the same time rushed in, if you like. The company had a sudden influx of capital. Kerry, particularly Tralee, had a massive influx of very good-looking people at the Festival of the Rose of Tralee. A huge influx. I remember meeting a huge influx from Texas, all of whom were wearing hats. So, question, James, for you. When was the first use of the word influx in the English language? When would you say? Oh, gosh, Paul, what a, what a question. Why do you always ask me that question? And why do you always <laughs> leave it so late to tell me what the word is so I can't cheat with Google? Uh, influx, let me see. For a large amount of something to come in suddenly or unexpected influx, it sounds like one of those more modern words that you've come up with at times. Let's Quite say the right. 1900s. Quite right, but that's wrong. <laughs> Okay, I'll tell you, modern modern times began with AD, obviously, because <laughs> the much longer period, BC. So modern times is AD. So it was about 1628. So there you are. That's when influx was first. Uh, so that, that's our word of the week. And I do think that it could be very useful uh, when, for a sake of argument, the vice president for membership is reporting on the success of the club in expanding this year, um, the VPM could say, we've had an influx of new members this year. Well, we've had an influx of new words this, this year, I think, Paul, as well. So, yes, that's a good word. I like it. <clears throat> now, let's move on. As I said at the beginning, we're going to talk a little bit about this year's District 71 conference, which for the very first time, is going to be hybrid. And this, of course, raises some interesting questions. What exactly is the, are the hybrid attenders going to be able to see? So, James, tell us what your opinion is on this somewhat contentious matter. Thank you, Maura. Well, I, th I think if you look at the theme for the conference, the theme for the conference is come together. And what over 30 people are working literally around the clock to do is to make this conference as enjoyable 
for the in-person audience as well as the online audience. Yes, there's a different experience. And yes, as you quite rightly said, there is a mammoth challenge, dare I say it, an influx of challenges uh, on all aspects. But we are working around the clock to make sure that this district is so proud of its conference, that it's going to be such a success, that it's going to be so enjoyable and informative and educational and fun, because we're trying to remember the magic words of our founder, Dr. Smedley, who says that we learn best in moments of enjoyment. So at the moment, it's like a duck. On the surface, everything is nice and calm and quiet. But underneath, the little legs are going like the clappers. And we are producing a program that we feel is as good and as entertaining and as varied as any other conference before. And dare I say it, might even set a template for conferences yet to come. For example, on Friday, the first day, we have concurrent semifinals for table topics, for humorous speech, for evaluation, and for, of course, the International Speech Conference, the International Speech Contest, excuse me. We have two workshops. Bob Ferguson, whom I found out in that book that Paul so generously hinted at before, by Ted Cochran. Bob is a district winner, three-time district winner at, uh, at these conferences. So he's going to give a workshop on, ironically, speaking excellence through competition. And we also have Marion Brennan, who is a well-known Toastmaster, motivational speaker, executive life coach, talking about how it is that successful people think differently. And of course, we have the traditional opening ceremony. We move on then to the Saturday, where again, we have another workshop by former international uh, president, Ted Cochran, on the skills of servant leadership. We have a keynote speech by Gene Gamester, international director. We have a gala dinner, and we have the business part of conference, where we elect the next year's district leaders. And on Sunday, we have a workshop on the youth leadership program. We have the humorous speech, the evaluation contest finals. We have a keynote speech by Lark Dooley, who ironically referring back to a comment Paul made in his piece, actually attended their conference before she joined Toastmaster. And she of course is a past international president herself, as well as a world renowned expert on team building leadership, marketing and strategy. Outside the formal side, we have the informal. We have the Anglo-Irish meeting on the, thir the Thursday evening. And I'm, I am told by sources who are very close to the situation that the Toastmasters for Golf will be hosting their own little competition before conference starts. We have the gala dinners. We have the disco. <laughs> we have um, a Beatles tribute band. I'm not going to spoil it by telling you which one, but suffice to say that Sir Paul McCartney couldn't unfortunately make it. So I think what we need to emphasise is that whether you are in Liverpool, and if you are, that's great, and we get to meet people whom we haven't seen for so long. But you will have as good a time by being online. And indeed, our own Moira O'Brien is one of those teams putting things together so you will have as good a time 
as if you're actually there. Better still, you'll be closer to the teapot or perhaps something stronger, should you so require. There are still online tickets available. You can buy them individually at £30, or you can get together with your fellow club members and get five tickets for £125, or ten tickets for £200. Multiple tickets will be entered into a draw for a surprise. Further details and prices and timetables and programs are available on www.cometogether2023.com. James, can I ask you a couple of questions about the online side of it? Because I know a number of people who are very keen to attend online and who aren't going to be able to afford to travel over to Liverpool and uh, may not be able to give the full amount of time to do it. But if uh, somebody is tuning in online, will they be able to network with other people who are also tuned in online? Will there be a uh, chat? It'll be on Zoom, I presume. And if it isn't on Zoom, I'd love to know what it's going to be on. But will. will people be able to chat to each other? Will the chat be open? I think, Paul, that's going to be down to uh, the Zoom masters, probably, at the time. Uh, during contests, the chat will be closed, but uh, in between times, I'm sure the chat will be open. And I'm not sure about the the um, district council. I'm not sure what's happening with the district council meeting. And uh, that's as yet to be 100% decided. But I'm hoping it's going to be available online. And what about during the workshops? Will will the chat be open continuously during the workshops? No, that's well, James, you may have more information on that than I have. At the moment I've any I only know about the contests. We're very we're, we're discussing that. We don't want anything to interfere with the progress during the the actual presentations. For example, if you were having a li- if you were there live, perhaps you wouldn't, as a presenter, enjoy the audience chatting amongst themselves while you're trying to present. What we're going to do is we're going to make it as interactive as we can without being disruptive to the business of the day, be it the business meeting itself or the presentations or the workshops or the keynote speeches. But as far as possible, without interfering with the various transactions going on, we would like to make it as interactive as possible for the online audience. And what we're doing to, to ensure that is that even as a competitor, we are trying to double, we are actually doubling up on everything so that people in the room and people online will have their own timers and their own uh, backups as well. We're trying to be fair to everyone. And I can say this categorically, the interests of the audience are paramount in all decisions being made be it an online audience or an in-person audience. And will all the um, speech uh, contests uh, be uh, screens off for the online audience? That has yet to be absolutely decided because uh, a number of us have attended conferences that are already ongoing. And it's interesting to see the different ways that that is working. If screens are off or if screens are on. We're going to leave that to the competition Sorry, James. I would hope the screens are going to be on and it's down to the uh, Zoom masters to make sure that everyone stays muted during the contests. 
And I have noticed in, in contests that I've attended where the Zoom masters are not proactive on keeping people muted. And this, that, that is the Zoom master's most important job during any contest. We, we will be consistent across the board. We will be consistent. And what we're doing also is uh, a, number, a number of the team are working on a conference briefing pack so that everybody will know as much as possible before arriving. And so people are as, as informed and knowledgeable about the setup before they arrive. Okay. My, last, my last question is really about what thoughts have been given about the ability of people online to network? It is a consideration, Paul, but the most important thing is that the competitions are run fairly, that the keynotes and that the business meeting is done uh, openly, whether we can facilitate people having their own little private chats in between that, it would be similar, as I described earlier, as having the audience talking amongst themselves why these things are going on. And will there be any, um, what I would call, open sessions, uh, maybe at lunchtime, in which uh, people would be able to network, but the screens would be on and uh, a whole lot of us are, well, I'll be there in person, but a whole lot of people who are sitting at home having a having their lunch or their tea, will actually be able to have a conversation with each other, yeah. publicly well, or privately. Will that be facilitated? We are looking at doing that as efficiently as possible. But, very, uh, but what we've noticed in some contests is that people have concentrated on the in-person to the detriment of the online. We are going to try and avoid that situation. We, as the theme suggests, want everyone to come together. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thanks. Thank you both for your contributions today. Very interesting. And I hope that you, the listener, gained some information today from what we were able to talk about. Do join us again next week for our regular interview session. I can't tell you just at the moment who it will be, but I'm sure you will enjoy. We'll see you again next week. So from myself, Mario O'Brien, and from my colleagues, James and Paul, bye for now. Bye now.